So this morning I've got James Keel, the director of GreenLink with us. Uh, James, why don't you just start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so uh, I'm the public transportation director for GreenLink in the city of Greenville. Um, been here a little over four years. Uh, been in, in this seat since September. Um, about about a, a little over a decade of, of public transportation experience. Um, you know, certainly uh, a, a lot of uh, experience dealing with uh, emergency management, but I think for most people, this is kind of the first pandemic response that we've ever had to deal with um, as an agency, uh, me personally. So um, a lot of a lot of new and uncharted water for a lot of people, but nonetheless getting through. So I, I wonder about your your operations and, and how the coronavirus is impacting them. But first, let's just kind of talk about the size of GreenLink. Um, give us a sense of your operations. How many buses do you have? Employees? Give us an sure. idea. So our department um, it, right right now it is sized um, about 60, 65 employees that are you know dealing with with operations. Um, so we we really have two operating divisions. One being the actual bus operations, whether it's fixed route, paratransit, trolley, and the other side is is maintenance. So um, you know our, our biggest you know piece is of course bus operations. So in, in doing so, you know, that, that's where you have your, your bus operators, your supervisors, your, your dispatchers, and, and really the majority of people who, who interface with the public. Um, fleet size, um, we've got about 30 vehicles that we use on a regular basis, whether it's for fixed route, paratransit, or trolley service. Um, our, our pullout every day for fixed route is, is 13 vehicles. Um, for paratransit, we're using between five or six vehicles a day. Um, and, and for trolley, we, we use four vehicles, but uh, with the changes in service, that's about to go down to, to three vehicles unless we have, have a drive gain, and in which case we'll be using the, all, all of our trolley fleet. Okay. So how does, how does that size compare to other agencies in the state? So we're one of the, uh, I guess, in, in some cases, if you compare us to, Tra uh, to Charleston, to Columbia, uh, Myrtle Beach, we're, we're, we're smaller in, in that sense. Um, our footprint um, is still fairly large, but we only run on a 60-minute frequency, so you have one chance an hour to catch the vehicle. Um, and a lot of those other agencies have higher frequency, be it 15, 20, 30-minute frequency. Um, so still a very large footprint, uh, but our frequency um, certainly um, is not as frequent as, as some other agencies in the state. That being said, we are larger than, than some agencies, um, so it, we, kind of, we kind of sit in the middle. So you mentioned frequency, um, and I imagine that's something that, that you would like to improve on. What kind of projects do you see GreenLink focusing on in the near future? Sure. So, uh, you know, as, as we, we completed our TDP, our transit development plan in, in 2018, um, there were, you know, a lot of big pieces that, that came out of that. And, 
and the biggest thing that, that we heard first was we need to increase our frequency. So that means service would go from every 60 minutes to every 30 minutes, requiring us to essentially double the size of, of our fleet as far as fixed routes concerned. So um, but we've been making strides to improve that. Um, kind of an intermediary step on, on getting there is, is expanding our service hours. So while we were, we're kind of juggling those two pieces um, right now. So um, we, we have funding to extend our hours until 1130. Um, so we'd be running from 5 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. Monday through Saturday. So we, we have the funding to do that. We just don't have the drivers to do it right now. But in the same time of us trying to gear, get geared up to do that, we've also been seeking capital funding to, to begin 30-minute frequency. So, um, and, and kind of on the overarching piece over all of that is also the maintenance facility project that we've been working on. Um, which we, we're going to have to have that in place before we, we can actually, you know, begin the 30 minute service. And we've been making some fairly good headway on that. So, you know, those, those three pieces are, are kind of the more um, easily, uh, I use that word carefully, reachable items. You know, beyond that, we start talking about Sunday service. We start talking about adding additional routes. But, you know, kind of what we've been focused on in the next three to five years is, First of all, extending hours, building that facility, and then, then achieving 30-minute frequency. So I know that recently Greenville County Council took a vote. Um, I think it was a, a first step to, to give you some property to build that new maintenance facility on. Is, um, is that still on track? Has, has the, the coronavirus uh, slowed that process down? It has. Um, it, it is still on track for its second reading. Um, you know, because of, of the coronavirus, uh, we, we were not able to get through second reading last week, which had been, would have been the, I believe the 17th um, of, of March. Um, so um, to date, um, at least to my knowledge, that, that follow-up county council meeting has not been scheduled. Um, so we, we still have to get through second reading, third reading, and a public meeting somewhere in between that. So it, it has certainly uh, slowed us down a bit. Sure. Well, so the Upstate Mobility Alliance believes, and I think you would agree, that public transit is the foundation to any larger mobility strategy in the Upstate or really for any community for that matter. So uh, it, to you, why is public transportation so important to a community even for those people who would never use public transit? Sure, so, you know, there's a lot of arguments that can be made for public transit and, and none of them are really wrong. So, you know, whether it is having a social safety net for people who, who may not have a vehicle, um, whether it's for economic development um, or, or, or really, you know, congestion mitigation, those are the, the top three, I think, that that really resonate with a lot of people. Um, certainly there are some people who who we realize that we you know we understand and, and we respect the fact that they're never going to use public transit and and that is okay you know we, we aren't trying to go you know 
pull people out of their vehicles and, and put them in a vehicle. But what, what we do want to provide is a public transit system that if, if people choose not to drive, that they have a good option to move from point A to B to C to D, you know, and that there's a lot of good benefits for that, you know. Maybe somebody wants to, you know, work um, while while they're they're going to work, and that counts towards their time at work, and and their workday ends up being shorter. Maybe it's somebody who who certainly cares a lot about the environment, and, and we're certainly making some some traction on on that front. You know, public transit in and of itself is green. You know, it's it's much more friendly for the environment to run one bus with thirty people in it than have thirty people in cars. So. You know, you, you certainly have the the environmental piece, um, but you know the biggest thing is is that you know we we would love to get cars off the road for both people who, you know, are dealing with congestion. Um, we would like to mitigate that as much as possible. Um, but the, you know, the the biggest thing is is that in in the well, I guess we can say today in the economic boom that we were experiencing a few weeks ago, and I I certainly hope and believe will return. You know, it, it's an amenity for people um, who who you know are coming to and from work um, and, and big corporations and companies want to be able to provide public transit to those people and we want to be able to offer that you know to all citizens in in the upstate you know primarily obviously in Greenville County but you know we would love to be regionally connected and be able to move people around but you know at the same time it also provides um, you know a very much an, an economic stability point as it's a social social piece for people who don't have any other options. Um, and I'll give you the perfect example that, you know, sometimes, you know, the right thing to do isn't always the easy thing, but, you know, we, we made a decision to go fare free uh, last week. Um, it was the, the 19th. And uh, we, we really did that um, taking our operator in mind, you know, certainly we have a priority for customer service, but um, you know, Ultimately, we have to keep our drivers healthy. If we can't keep our, our, our driving force healthy and people get sick, then, then we shut down. And if we shut down, that means a lot of people can't get where they need to go. So we, we, we chose to go fare free and have the majority of our passengers who were able to board from the rear door. And surprisingly, we had a lot of passengers um, come up and talk to our supervisors and, and talk to our drivers and thank them for, for going fare free because there's a lot of people out of work right now. and uh, you know, they, they were just appreciative that they were able to move around without having to try to find money to ride the bus right now because they were trying to find money or, or find food. Um, so certainly a good positive social aspect from the decisions that we made there, even though that wasn't uh, the, the driver for the decision, you know, sometimes being able to, to make decisions that are good for a lot of people are, are helpful as well. I think you hit on a lot of really great points and I want to just pick at a couple of those if I can. Um, you know, the, the way you describe public transit is, is that it truly is an essential function, um, not, not just during times of crisis, but, but any time. Um, and you talked about having riders use the rear door. What else are you doing to protect both your employees and the riders? I, I saw a YouTube video um, a few days ago that showed uh, some of your employees wiping down the buses. What are what are those things that you're doing? Sure. So traditionally, um, our, our buses have been cleaned every day in the evening after at the end of the day while they're being serviced, being fueled, so on and so forth. And you know, we we've always used a sanitizing product 
um, to clean the high touch areas pretty much every day. Um, but because of, of the coronavirus, um, we, we obviously want to keep our primarily our, our drivers as healthy as possible so we can keep public transit up and running. So, you know, almost immediately we, we purchased um, sanitizing wipes and, and they have instructions to wipe down their driver area every two hours. So they're doing that about seven times a day. Um, but then we, we, we got some equipment and have more equipment on order. Um, and, and right now we're, we're in the middle of the day. So halfway through the day, we're, we're stopping um, everybody from boarding at, at the 1230 run and, and getting on and actually spraying a, a light coating of the sanitizer product throughout the vehicle. Um, it, really to protect our, our, our passengers, hopefully, and, and sanitize anything that, that may be on the vehicle. So, so that, that's happening. We installed hand sanitizers on the vehicle as well. Um, we, we did purchase an electrostatic sprayer um, to uh, begin spraying another disinfectant product. Um, we are still trying to get the, the actual chemical that goes in the device, um, and, and hopefully we'll have that in the next week or so. So um, much more aggressive on, on cleaning, um, just trying to hopefully keep everyone safe. So I talked to Keith Scott, who's the director of Electric City Transit in Anderson yesterday, and he mentioned to me, he said, you know, Michael, most of my drivers are in that high-risk category already, being, you know, maybe you know, 60 or 65 or, or a little bit older than that. Um, I don't know if, if you face a similar situation at Greenlink, but uh, how, how are your employees uh, feeling right now, especially your bus drivers? What, what's kind of that sense overall? You know, I, I I think that there certainly is some people who are certainly are some people who have some angst, um, but they they also see the efforts that we're we're taking to keep them safe. Um, you know, social distancing is is certainly important, and that's really the reason that we we've pushed people to board and exit through the rear door, um, so we're fare free to minimize that contact between people. Um, so, you know, I, I think between all the efforts that we've, we've made, it certainly provided um, some assurance for them, uh, you know, given the fact that they are, you know, 95% of the time well away from, from people. Yeah. Um, so uh, we, we, we have taken those efforts. We've, and our operations and safety managers actually brought people in and, and had conversations with them and, and tried to listen to concerns that, that they have. Um, you know, I think between all the efforts that, that we've made to keep everybody healthy, it, it has certainly provided a level of comfort for them. Well, I mean, just, you know, your employees you know, truly are kind of at the front line of this and, uh, you know, just their ability to show up every day and still do their job and do it well, I think speaks very highly both of of the individual employees you have and of GreenLink as a system. So I just, I thank you for for what you're doing there? Well, we try. You know, it it it's our people take a lot of pride in, in what they do. They, they know they, they provide an essential service to to everybody in in, in Greenville. Um, and you know, certainly, I don't. I think everybody's a little nervous about about what what is going on. But you know, uh, being uh, us being able to provide you know some some mitigation to that risk has helped calm you know concern. Yeah, good. So you mentioned going fare-free. 
last week. Uh, you know, I've seen some stories of, of other transit agencies um, just across the country that have, have seen a, a drop, and in some places a drastic drop in ridership. What are you seeing right now with Greenlink? So um, if, if we were to take the average number of daily riders that we had in, in the month of February, um, and compare it to what, what we're seeing right now on a typical weekday, we're running between 25 and 30% low average. So we, we have certainly seen a decrease in, in ridership. Um, it, it, for the most part, it has stabilized um, in, in the sense that we are consistently seeing that number between a 25 and 30% and drop. So it, it's been very consistent on on that front, um, you know, so, some days are higher than others. Um, you know, uh, Saturdays, I think we've, we've seen the biggest drop, which, you know, we're 40, 40 some odd percent below. Um, so it, it's, it's certainly visible. Um, you know, we, we've had conversations about should we, um, change our operating hours to try to mitigate some of those costs and you know whenever we look at our our ridership by hour you know we, we've got pretty consistent ridership throughout the day and right now we, we just don't think it would be good to to cut our service hours so what are you hearing from other transit professionals across the state and the country are or um, are what you experiencing similar or, or maybe a little bit better or worse um you know, I, I think it depends on who you talk to. Um, so, you know, a lot of, of transit agencies have, have gone fare free and boarding through the rear door. Um, everybody has seen a decrease in, in ridership. I mean, but, you know, anybody who is still coming to work also sees considerably less traffic on the road. So, you know, it's, it's expected that, that ridership, you know, not, not be what, what we're used to seeing. Um, I think, you know, transit agencies who do have that higher frequency of buses every 10, 15, 20, or 30 minutes um, have cut service back and are using their weekend schedule frequency. So, you know, agencies are making decisions um, to, to decrease their operating expenses that's really being driven by ridership. So their hours of service are pretty much staying the same, but um, their frequency is is decreasing. Um, I will say that you know it, changes that that we we have made, um, and this is a, a policy driven decision by the city of Greenville is you know even if we we send somebody home because we don't have work for them, they're still going to get paid. Um, so. We, we are, are, are committed to keeping our people employed right now. Um, we know we're going to come out of this, and whenever we do, we, we need to be able to count on our people coming back to work and ensuring that uh, we, we can continue. Uh, I think that's, that's a great policy. Uh, because I, I think you're exactly right, and, and which leads me to the next question. So, so we will come out of this, and, and so what do you see uh, Greenlink kind of long-term uh, what, what impact? Do you have any idea yet of, of what the impact might be long term? Um, it, it's hard to say. You know, um, the, the, there, there's certainly there is going to be impact. Um, 
you know, there, there's going to be a financial impact to us at some point um, for, for running fair free. You know, we, anytime you lose 15, 20% of your, your operating budget for a month, you've got to find that somewhere. Um, you know, that, that isn't to say that the ridership being lower isn't what impacted in of itself, but we, we still experience those costs. Um, but, you know, I, I guess what, what I am interested to see what, what happens is there's been a shortage of CDL drivers um, in the upstate and with so many organizations um, not operating, operating into less frequency, closing down for a month, 45 days, uh, what, what is that going to look like for us as far as, you know, our, our potential workforce? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just hoping that it, if there are people out there who are disadvantaged because of this and they have a CDL that uh, we can hopefully provide them an opportunity to come work for us after this is all said and done that, um, that they'll hopefully consider. Oh, that's a great point. And, and I didn't even think about, uh, about that as a, as a possibility. So if, if we do look kind of out into the future, uh, what role is Greenland going to play in the recovery process? You know, so, so I read about uh, job losses and, and then at the same time, uh, there's a balance of, of a lot of organizations that are hiring currently. So, so what role will Greenlink have in filling that space? So I think it's the same role we've always had. You know, our 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 you know purpose is, is to move people where they need to go. So, you know, as, as we continue to grow and you know, improve our hours of service, to hopefully improve frequency, we will just continue to be more of a, a provider to people who who need to get to work, who need to get to the doctor, who need to get to the pharmacy, the grocery store. You know, and, and our goal is to always be here and always be running. Um, so hopefully people will, will notice that and, and, you know, trust us and, and be willing to let us be that, that provider for them. So my last question for you, James. So how can we as the community support you? Are there things that you need from us now? Are there things that we can be doing for you? What, what can we as the community be doing right now? Well, the community has to want public transit, and 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 what I mean by that is it, you know, it it, it doesn't run at, at a cost, and it doesn't run for profit, but certainly there there is a, a very good benefit to having a strong, you know, public transit system. Um, it, it provides a lot of economic development. It provides a lot of economic opportunity for a lot of people in in many different ways. So. You know, the, what the community can do is, is support transit, support support funding for transit, you know, support more frequency, uh, support our maintenance facility project, um, and, and be with us. You know, even if you don't ride with us, uh, respect the work that we're doing, that we're trying to make the community better, that we're trying to make it greener, that, that we're attempting to provide as much social justice to the community as we can. And at the same time, just being able to provide a good transit option for anybody who either needs it, wants it, or just wants to be a part of it. So thanks, James. James, is there anything that, uh, that you want to add that I didn't ask you about that you, that you want to add? Not that I can think of. Okay. Not that I can think of. All right. Well, listen, I just really appreciate your time. Um, it was it was informative to me, and um, I just I, I appreciate what you're doing, and I appreciate what Greenlink is doing. So thank you.
I appreciate that.